A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co/insomnia. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep with Dr. Ishan Shu. Let's improve sleep quality and live a healthy life together. Let's go deep into sleep. And now, please welcome your host, Ishan. Welcome to episode zero zero three. Can you imagine? For fifteen years of your life, you've been feeling so sleepy during the daytime. You cannot keep awake when you are doing something important, day after day, and could not figure out why. No matter how many doctors, how many exams you have seen, you have taken. This is exactly what our today's guest, Stacy Erickson Edwards, has experienced. She struggled with fatigue, tiredness, sleepiness for so many years, and eventually got diagnosed and received treatment. Later, she created CPAPBabes.com, and she worked really hard to raise awareness for different sleep disorders and to help those with sleep disorders to live a better life. Let's hear about her story. Hi, Stacy. Thank you very much for coming to Deep Into Sleep. Thank you for having me. So I know you have built a great community about sleep apnea and、uh, been, you know, through your own journey of that. So I'm just wondering, do you want to share with all of us your journey of getting diagnosed? How did you find out you have sleep apnea? Well, it took a really, really, really long time, unfortunately.、Um, and part of the reason that I'm doing what I do with my blog, which is CPAPBabes.com, is to raise awareness that so that it doesn't take people as long to get diagnosed. Because I felt really sick for a really long time. So I think I started having sleepiness around 15,、mm-hmm. and I didn't get to、uh, sent for a sleep study until I was. I believe th- I was 31, so that's about、wow. 16 years. So it's really important to me to get the word out because, luckily, sleep apnea is a pretty easy thing to treat. I mean, depending on who you ask, I think I thought it was pretty easy because all I had to do is get my CPAP going and get it at the right pressure and tweak a little bit. And it's you know you don't there's other ways to treat it, but CPAP's really kind of just an easy natural. Way to do it that doesn't take a lot. So,、um, so the the other part thing I like to do is just tell people that it's a, it's okay to have CPAP. It's a it's not a bad thing. I think a lot of people see CPAP and they think of it negatively, but it actually can really save your life. So, so I started having sleepiness around fifteen, and then I I think what's so hard for me is that. I because I'm not I wasn't very educated. Is it took me? I never even thought to ask for a sleep study, and I think that's kind of where I'm directing people now who ask me for advice if they're sleepy. I say the best thing to do is to go get a sleep study. That's what you yeah you, know, you should I should have done that first, but it never crossed my mind because、um, 
because sleep apnea, I think, is people think a certain type of person have sleep apnea. They usually think when they think sleep apnea, they think men, they think people who are overweight, they think people have maybe uh, big necks. And that, and that's not necessarily, that, that can't, those all can be risk factors. Um, and it's more common for people who have those qualities to have sleep apnea. However, I don't know if it's actually more common or if it's just other people are diagnosed less because doctors don't look at, you know, young women and say, oh, you could have sleep apnea. So, right. So I was wondering, uh, you mentioned you uh, felt some symptoms since age possibly 15 and took you 16 years to find the right diagnose and then the treatment. Do you yeah. want to share with us a little bit what were the symptoms you experienced all those years? What make you wondering something's wrong? So mostly I was just really, really sleepy. And I knew something was wrong, but the doctors kept telling me that it was normal. And I think a lot of people with sleep disorders experience this. So when I was 15, I would go to school and I'd come home and I'd lay down for a nap like right away, usually around three or four. And then usually I'd sleep till seven. I'd be up for a couple hours and then I'd go back to bed. So this was like probably starting when I was 15. I would do this every day. And so my mom took me to the doctor and they said, well, let's test you for anemia and we'll test you for mono and we'll test your thyroid. And if those are normal, it's probably just teenager stuff. So they did that. Everything came. I, I think I, I am a little anemic off and on, but usually I would resolve the anemia. I take iron supplements and then I, I would still be tired. So, so I was kind of, you know, I, I was like, okay, well maybe it's just normal that I'm this tired. There's obviously nothing wrong. So, and that, I mean, I basically had that same appointment throughout my twenties. I would go to the doctor and they said, well, let's check you for these five things. Sometimes I would be anemic. They do it. And it was over and over again, the same thing over and over again. Mm. Um, but, it, and during this time I was napping all the time. I was just really sleepy. I just, I, I'm a, I'm a nanny. And I remember um, when I was in college, I would drop the kids off at soccer and then I'd go back to their house and nap on the couch while they're at soccer and then go pick them up. Or I'd nap in my car while they're at soccer, just napping all the time. And, mm -hmm. and I just thought either it was normal or what could I do? I didn't, it, it didn't even cross my mind to do a sleep study. So Right. So yeah. sounds like you definitely had the symptoms of um, a typical symptom of sleep apnea, which is excessive daytime sleepiness. Definitely. So you, you nap a lot. Sounds like you, you find yourself need a lot of sleep. But did you feel refreshed afterwards? No, never. <laughs> mm. that, actually, that actually took a little bit more for me to get there. But the other interesting thing is that the reason I never suspected sleep apnea is because I actually don't snore or if I do, it's not very noticeable. Um, cause I even, I, I was with my husband when I got diagnosed and I told him, Oh, I have sleep apnea. He goes, no, you don't because he has it and he snores pretty loudly, but yeah. I don't snore and I'm a little overweight, but, uh, but I've had symptoms since I was not overweight. So, um, I, I suspect if I lost weight, it probably wouldn't go away. I think really what, why, why I have sleep apnea could be because of inflammation in my nasal passages and my, my throat. And people just don't think about that. They just think it's like, oh, it's because you're fat or whatever. And that's not always the case. And even if it is, that's okay too. You know, that's just right. sometimes you're heavier and that's, that's fine. Yeah, so, that's, that's such a good point because I know a lot of people have this misunderstanding that 
if you snore, maybe you have sleep apnea. If you don't yeah. snore, no way. Or、yeah. if you have a like,、uh, you gain a lot of weight, or you right,、um, and body fat, all that may be related, but not anything else. But actually, there definitely gender difference about、exactly. the、um, symptom of sleep apnea, and it seems to affect women. More so, my my husband and I ha- both had it, and we were both untreated. And he was he wasn't napping all the time like I was. He was just a little cranky and whatever.、Um, but it really it really really affected me. I just I almost I felt like I I was I say I was on the verge of death because it's it's you kind of are. It's very sleep apnea is very dangerous and it can it can kill you. Uh, unfortunately, but it's、right. I really I hate to be like scary like that, but it can it can. Really, it's very hard on your heart. It's very hard on your、um, on your brain because your brain is just not getting oxygen all night long. So, so I really try to tell people that, like, it, you really do have to take it seriously. It's not just snoring. And I think a lot of people think, "Oh, sleep apnea, it's snoring." No, it's like it's stopping your body from getting oxygen several times during the night. So. That's a huge problem, <laughs> right? That's such an important message.、Uh, it's really good point. I think、uh, it's not. I know it's scary, but I think I totally agree with you. A lot of people really need to know that how dangerous that could be, and that can increase the risk of getting stroke, heart disease, all kinds of health problem. You're right. It definitely can cause a severe harm to your body, to your brain, and lead to Uh, death early yeah. on. Yeah, and and also there's smaller things that it actually treating it can help with.、Um, just when you're sleepy, it's. I mean, I I know it sounds crazy, but when you're sleepy, it's harder to control your impulses. <laughs>、uh, you know, like, and it's harder to like when you're sleepy, you crave carbs. So even I feel like after I got on CPAP, I lost a little bit of weight because I wasn't doing all these bad habits that I would do when I was sleepy. So. Um, wow. It's just easier to. It's it just your brain works better. It just works more efficiently, and you can make better choices, and you can you have more energy to kind of focus and manage things better. So,、um, it's really it's really powerful to yeah to be able to to. I mean, I was so relieved to get the sleep study, but I was shocked when I heard I had sleep apnea. It was just totally out of nowhere. I'm like, no, I can't have sleep apnea. I'm not the type of person who gets sleep apnea. And then I learned. Any type of person can get sleep apnea. It's not limited. Kids can get sleep apnea. Actually,、um, it's actually pretty common. Right,、so. kids can have sleep apnea、uh, at very early age. It's possible. Or、yeah. women who are pregnant can develop、yeah. sleep apnea first time in their life. Also, yeah. yeah. Wow, we, quite a journey.、Mm-hmm. It's interesting because actually, when I was pregnant,、um, I had to have my pressure adjusted because my body was so different. Mm. That, that I needed to do it, and then after I was, and then I had the baby, and I was like, "Why? Why is my throat cracked? Like it was really weird. I was having a weird feeling in my throat. It was almost like crackling, and I was getting too much air. I'm like, 'Oh, my body's changed. So I have to get my pressure adjusted again.' So it's it's、right. very interesting how how different it can be at different times in your life. Yes, yes, our body is changing, and we really need to monitor that and take care of ourselves. Definitely, yeah. So,、uh, how did you find、uh, a place to do sleep study? Any doctor suggest that to you? Well, so what happened is、um, I went to I had been seeing the doctor, same doctor for seven years, and I went in, and I was I was like 
beyond desperate. And I was just, and she, she had seen me a while. She knew my personality, but I, I asked the doctor for drugs. I said, this is not working anymore. I'm very, very tired. And I need you to give me Ritalin. And she, and I'm not a drug seeking person. She knew this. And she's like, okay, this is serious. If she's asking for this very controlled drug. So she said, well, I can't do that. Let's get you a sleep study instead. So I wish I would ask for hard drugs, like not hard, (laughs) like before, because that's what made her do it. So I I just never, I just was at a level of desperation where I just couldn't function. So, um, so, so yeah, that's what, that's what made her do it. So I'm glad, glad she did. Um, and then, and I actually, what I actually thought I had narcolepsy. Um, and that's why I wanted to get the test done because, because that's what I thought I had. Cause I couldn't have sleep apnea. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and my grandma also had narcolepsy. So I was like, okay, well it could be that. Um, so I got my sleep study done and they did an overnight and then they did a daytime sleep study. I actually, I didn't know this until like a couple of years later, but they actually did, did it wrong. Oh. Um, so what they, so with an overnight sleep study, what they're supposed to do, they do an overnight sleep study and they, during that time, they can determine if you have sleep apnea or not. Um, and they did determine during that time I had sleep apnea, but they didn't tell me. Then before they do a daytime study, the daytime study can uh, screen for secondary sleep disorders like narcolepsy or idiopathic hypersomnia. Um, they're not supposed to do that daytime study until they have treated sleep apnea. Because oh. sleep apnea could be, if you're tired from sleep apnea, it could affect your daytime study. Right. But but they did it wrong. And so I'm actually, I'm actually pretty upset about it. And I didn't know this because I'm not a professional. So they did the overnight sleep study, didn't tell me anything, went into the daytime study. Um, I fell asleep. And during the daytime study, what they do is they give you five naps and they see how fast you fall asleep and if you go into REM sleep. And if you go into REM sleep on two of the naps, then usually they will give you a narcolepsy diagnosis. So, um, so I did that and I went into REM sleep on one of the naps. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean narcolepsy because I could have just been extra, extra tired because I had untreated sleep apnea for all those years. So, but, so I don't know. I'm, I'm still like, it's hard. I, it just kind of boggles my mind how they could do it that wrong. And, and for me to figure it out. And I did have follow-ups with the doctor and she didn't really get it either. So, um, so, but initially what happened is I got the, the sleep study results back and they said, you have sleep apnea, you need a CPAP, got the CPAP. Um, and then I felt really weird about it. I was like, I don't want this, this, you know, this is, uh, I, I had a really negative connotation with CPAP, which I think a lot of people do, which is kind of what I, why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I just started like taking these pictures and then I was like, no, you know, this, this could be this machine could be the thing that gives me my life back. So I'm just going to have to embrace this. And I think other people should too. It shouldn't, it's, it's sad that this life-saving device is basically just has a horrible reputation and people would rather die than wear it. Essentially uh, 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 compliance is very low with, with CPAP. And I think there's a number of reasons for that, but I think one of them is just because people don't like it. They think it's bad or negative and it, it doesn't have to be. I think really CPAP needs a makeover or something. It needs mm-hmm. a, a reputation change, which is what I'm trying to do because it's it's very helpful and it doesn't have to be bad. And there's things you can do to make it work for you. So, 
Right. Great. Yes. When you talk about that, exactly. Both clinically and、uh, um, in my personal life, I see a lot of people. Even though doctors,、uh, other people tell them this is so important, all these negative consequences, still it's really hard. It's very uncomfortable to use that machine. I、yeah. tried that machine myself. It、yeah. was very scary, and、uh, for a moment, I almost had a panic attack.、Yeah. The first moment I put it on, and yeah. yeah, so I'm really curious what could be helpful for people. You know, they have,、uh, they are diagnosed. They maybe even have more severe symptoms. How to help them to use the machine? I think there's a, just there's a lot of things. The things that I think could help. One is I think people je- just need more support. I think.、Um, My husband got diagnosed way before me. He went in, he did a sleep study. They had said you have sleep apnea, but then no one followed up with him, and he didn't get a machine till like three years later. Wow! So I and unfortunately, I think that's pretty common. So I think having and, and also the sleep clinic we used to go to, it would take us months to get an appointment. And when you're on the verge of death, essentially with with、um, with sleep apnea, you need to. Have that machine. So I think follow up from the sleep clinics is huge. I think follow up, timely follow up from the doctors is huge, and I think、um, the DMA DMEs, the、uh, companies that provide the CPAP, I think those entities need to work together to provide support and follow up. That's the number one, and it just I don't I don't see it happening, pretty much、mm-hmm. ever, and that that's really really that's just sad. Yeah, yeah, and then.、Uh, Also on the support side, I think, and there's a couple、um, mentorship programs. But I think what really helped me is right away I joined a CPAP support group on Facebook. I always do that if I have something that comes up.、Um, so, and I learn a lot from that. Just watching what the questions are, people are people are asking. A lot of people have similar questions to me.、Um, and then actually searching CPAP on Instagram, and that's kind of how I got started with with CPAP babes. Is I just started taking. These selfies and labelings of CPAP and connecting with other people, and then people would、yeah. ask questions that I、mm-hmm. can't legally answer because I'm not a doctor, but I could, you know, give them my experience.、Um, so, just I feel like connecting with other people who use CPAP is is very helpful. So,、um, finding a place to do that. I think some clinics have support groups, or you know, there's Facebook groups. YouTube was actually very helpful for me. There's a guy on there that has very informative videos on.、Um, Uh, his name on YouTube is the Lanky Lefty Twenty Seven, and he's a sleep tech, and he has the just the best videos on on CPAP. Like、um, he has one about now they give you an automatically adjusting machine, and it's usually set at this pre- this very wide pressure range. And sometimes if it's uncomfortable or you feel like you're getting too much air or you're suffocating, not getting enough air, you need to adjust that pressure range. But I hear over and over people say, "Well, my machine's auto adjusting." But the auto adjusting doesn't doesn't solve all the problems. Sometimes it still needs a different range than what it's programmed at, even if it is auto adjusting. So just things like that that I could I would never know unless I did my own research because my my doctor didn't even know that. I went in. I'm like I'm still tired. She's like Oh I don't know <laughs> you know.、Aww. So, so、um, and then then on the other side of it, I think just creating a positive mindset around it.、Um, oh and. Same with mindset. I think there's types of therapy that could be very helpful. I know a lot of people who wear wear the mask. They feel claustrophobic, or 
I know people with PTSD, they say they have a hard time sometimes because it can be really triggering. So I think sometimes therapy might be helpful. Um, this is kind of out there. I know some people wouldn't agree with this, but I think maybe hypnosis could be a good thing too. Um, which sounds kind of woo woo, but I think it can be helpful. Or there's a type of therapy called EMDR. So these things like just go with the subconscious mind. And I think if people are open to that, that might, that could be a good thing to explore. Um, so yeah, some of it, a lot of it is psychological. It's like, I hate this thing. Or some people say, Oh, it reminds me of, of my dying mother who had to wear a something to give her air. So it's just, I think it just gives people negativity and, I'm working to change that, but I think the media has a big responsibility to change that too. Um, like, do you know that show that was out for a while? Well, you know, Roseanne. Roseanne? Yeah. There's a show that it was oh, on for no. years and then they just did a, a big reboot and then they shut it down. Oh, but in Roseanne, they had the, the father character, Dan, they had him wearing a CPAP because mm-hmm. like he had had a heart attack before. And so this is how he was, you know, obviously had sleep apnea. He's treating it. And someone wrote an article on this Roseanne reboot and it says Roseanne is back with all the same characters and a horrifying CPAP mask. Uh, And I was really upset about that. I actually wrote a letter. I never got a response, but I said, you know, you need to change this headline about a horrifying CPAP mask. This is a life-saving medical device. People and people see the word horrifying and it's just further cementing in their mind that it's something they should not use that can kill them. And that's a public safety issue. If you have sleep apnea and you're not treating it, you're drowsy driving, it's very bad. So really the media needs to step it up and watch what they're saying about that um, because they're contributing to it as well. And then it's the job of advocates like, like me to tell them how it is so that, because some, because people don't even think about it, which I get, but, but it needs to be thought about and it needs, there needs to be awareness of why, uh, of, you know, don't say this. This is why this is a very serious condition. So, um, I would also love, I don't, I'm not there yet, but I would love to work with a CPAP company just to make the masks cuter or person. It's something you can personalize. Um, I would love to have a polka dot mask. I feel like oh, if, that's going to be great. <laughs> I know. I just feel like there's ways we could make them a little bit fun. That would make people like to wear them more. So it's, you know, it's going to be a several year long thing, but something I hope to work on for my whole life. So just, um, I think there's, there's a lot to it though. So it's just like, okay, what do I have the energy to tackle and, and do to toward this? So right now I'm just working on awareness, raising awareness about, yes, you can have sleep apnea, even if you don't snore, even if you're have a different body type than the normal type. And then this mask is okay to wear and it's healthy and you need to find support so that you can make it happen. Yes, that's great. You're doing really good and important work to the community. And yeah, a lot of people, when they use CPAP machine, they have physical symptoms, this mindset, um, and this like negative association between a mask and um, other kind of medical device. So it's great that you are sharing your experience and you find a lot of online resources and you are trying to uh, work on all these projects and go in that direction. Hopefully more and more people will realize what well, sleep apnea have certain symptoms. It can be dangerous. There are treatment for that. Definitely. And yeah, and the drowsy driving you mentioned. Yes, drowsy driving is so dangerous. It's yeah. as dangerous as drunk driving. Yeah. It definitely can kill you and other people. 
is untreated sleep apnea, right? It's very likely for it people. It happened to- in my hometown a couple of years ago, and it wow. was very, very sad. Um, a man, I, I think he was undiagnosed. I don't think, I think not untreated, but undi- undiagnosed and untreated. So he didn't know he had it, and he fell asleep at the wheel, and he, he killed some kids. And oh, I'm sure no. he feels horrible, but it's like I also, it, of course, it was an accident, but his doctor should have been on that. You know, I think doctors should be screening for this. Um, you know, even at basic appointments, are you feeling sleepy? Just even a couple questions to get people in for a sleep study, it, it could be an issue. And, you know, there's just a lot of people are dropping the ball on it. And it's not one person's fault. It's just we all need to come together to just to recognize sleep disorders because they're they're very important. It, 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 it's there's the big emphasis on exercise and diet. And I think just as big of an emphasis needs to be put on sleep. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's so important. And I know in the uh, medical field, health field, there are also movements towards there. More and more doctors from different fields are getting more specialized fellowship training on top of uh, other trainings specialized in sleep area. But I'm surprised. Like yes, I, great. yeah, I graduated in um, a graduate school uh, focusing on psychology. We never had any lectures or you know education about sleep disorder there. Yeah. And yeah. medical school, I heard they used to have no uh, or very limited education about sleep either. Now it was only two hours. Yes, like <laughs> now it's yeah. a little better. I think sometimes it's four hours. Yeah, it's, it's just. Yeah. And so one of the things that, that was interesting that came up is with my sleep study, like I was saying, they did it wrong the first time. Right. I was wondering, did you figure out? Um, so I, I, I did. In- interestingly, totally not. I didn't, I don't know how, but it just kind of came to me. So um, when I was pregnant, actually, I, so I'd been, when I was pregnant, I'd been on CPAP at that point for about two years and I was still really tired. And I had asked my uh, my original doc, my first sleep doctor, I said, I'm still tired. She's like, well, you could have this thing called idiopathic hypersomnia and there's really nothing you can do about it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool, you know, whatever. So I kind of was just like, but she didn't really explain to me what it was or I guess, and there are more treatment options for it, but I just kind of was like, well, I guess I'm stuck being tired. Or I also thought, you know, maybe sleep apnea is damaged my brain and I can never feel better just from being untreated for so long. So I didn't really know what was going on or I didn't really think there was anything I could do. Um, So when I was pregnant, I went to a new sleep doctor just because I needed help adjusting my pressure on my travel machine. So I have a travel machine. I didn't know how to, I, you're not supposed to adjust your own pressure. So I was taking, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it in. He can show me we can adjust it because um, I was going to have my baby in a couple months and I had to bring my travel machine to the hospital. So I was just like, I need to get this taken care of. So I go in, I brought my sleep study and this new doctor was very, very thorough and very awesome. And he goes, well, I'm looking at your sleep study and they did it wrong. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you could have narcolepsy. And I said, well, no, the, do- the other doctor said, I don't, she said, it's fine. And he goes, no, they did it wrong. We need to do another daytime sleep study because you could still have narcolepsy. If you're, you know, you're still tired, this is an issue. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I thought, well, my grandma has narcolepsy, so that could make sense. And I also, um, I did genetic testing and I have gen- two genetic markers for narcolepsy. I see. So, um, so he said, but you can't do the test while you're pregnant because your body's not at a normal state. So he said, let's wait and, um, until 
after you have the baby, wait till things have normalized a little bit, and then we'll do a, an additional sleep study, a uh, daytime sleep study. And he, he was able to look at my sleep, uh, my CPAP data. He goes, looking at your CPAP data, your sleep apnea is 100% under control. You use your machine every night. You're having, you know, a very limited amount of apnea episodes. So you're good on that. that. If you're still tired and your CPAP data is that good, there could be something else wrong. Okay, cool. So when my son was about, I guess, six months old, I went and I did an overnight sleep study um, at a different sleep lab. And then the overnight, they said, okay, obviously no issues here. You got a good night of sleep. And then they did the nap study. And they, um, again, they wanted to see how fast I fell asleep and if I went into REM sleep. And what they found during that time is that I did not go into REM sleep. So that did not indicate narcolepsy, which it's hard to say. I still don't know how accurate that, that nap test it's called the MSLT is for narcolepsy. Cause I think, you know, your sleep looks different day to day. I, I know people who will get a narcolepsy diagnosis with that test and then redo it years later and then have it taken away. So I think I probably still could have narcolepsy, but I can't, there's no way I can get a diagnosis right now unless I get a spinal tap, which I would gladly do, but no one will give me one. So, um, but what they did find is that my sleep latency, so on average during those five naps, so I had a full night of sleep and then I, during the five naps, I would fall, I fell asleep an average of 90 seconds. So wow. that's very bad. <laughs> that's yeah. not normal at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and before I fell asleep very fast, but it was, I had untreated sleep apnea. So you have to treat the sleep apnea before that. So I think it's interesting to me because a lot of people will be like, well, I use, I'm using CPAP but I'm not feeling any less tired. I don't feel any better. And um, I think doctors really need to follow up with people and look further into it because there can be additional issues and that can affect your life just as much. So um, I, and it's hard to say, obviously, cause I'm not a doctor, but I have a feeling that genetics might play a part in it for me just because I do have those genetic markers. And I think we don't know a lot about sleep disorders yet. So um, it's hard to say exactly what's going on with me. But so with that, I was able to be, I was able to be put on a wakefulness medication. And then after a lot of footwork, I was able to get on a medication that puts me into a deeper sleep at night. And with that, um, because what they think is that people with idiopathic hypersomnia, similar to people with narcolepsy is they don't cycle through sleep appropriately at night. So you spend too much time in certain sleep stages and not enough time in deep sleep. So now I'm on a medication that puts me into a deeper sleep at night and I feel much, much better. Uh So it was was a very hard medication to get because it's made for people with narcolepsy, but I was able to um, find a doctor who said that I could try it without a narcolepsy diagnosis and, um, and it's working really, really well. And I just, I feel about 75% better, which is huge for me. So, um, so it's, I mean, just that experience has made, has made me even more passionate about raising awareness for sleep disorders, because I think a lot of people have them, but we're just not taken seriously. And it's important to figure out how to be your own advocate for that. And I wish I would have been my own advocate earlier in life, but I, I just didn't, I trust, you know, I'm I'm 35 now. But, you know, so it's been about 20 years I've been struggling and I I just got on this medication about three months ago. And um, so, so yeah, I think really if I could go back to when I was younger, I would have, I think the most important thing is to ask for that sleep study. And then if you do have sleep apnea, it's very, very important to treat the sleep apnea for a number of reasons. But if you are treating the sleep apnea and you're still tired, 
then it shows your doctor that there is a greater issue at play. Cause I think a lot of times people say, well, this CPAP's not helping me. I'm not going to use it. And then the doctor says, well, that's why you're still tired. You're not using your CPAP. You need to use your CPAP. <laughs> so, um, so if you are still tired with CPAP, you have absolutely have to keep using it. So it shows your doctors that this problem is being addressed and I'm still tired. So we need to figure out, a, we need to do further testing or get further information about why I'm tired. And it, you know, there's a number of reasons why you can be tired. And sometimes it's like, it is like a puzzle or some sort of huge mystery. I mean, it, I, I've done a lot of work on it the past few years, but, um, but if I wasn't using CPAP, no one, no one would care. They'd just be like, well, use CPAP. No, we can't, mm-hmm. we can help you. You can't, if you have sleep apnea and you're not treating it, you, they can't help you. So it's important to realize that. Right, right. Get it treated first and yeah. then figure out more. Sometimes sleep apnea uh, happens along with many other different issues, including it could be insomnia, could be something else, Definitely. but the treatment is important. Definitely. Yeah. And there's just so many things that CPAP has helped me with. Um, it's just little weird little things. Like um, I would get massage before I uh, got CPAP, I would get massages and I would have lots and lots of tightness in my neck and shoulders, just unbelievable tightness. And after I started using it, my massage therapist was like, yeah, you feel a lot better. And I think it was because I was not breathing at night and everything would tense up. I'd be tensing up as I wouldn't breathe. And just little things like that. It's hard hard on my muscles. Um, And it can be very, it, it can cause a lot of anxiety during the day because I think your body's like, wait, I didn't breathe last night. So I have to freak out now. So um, I think a lot of people with untreated sleep apnea can have anxiety and depression because good sleep can really, I mean, not getting good sleep can really affect your mental health. So it's important. It, it really affects so many parts of your life. So it's important to address. Yes, definitely. This is great. Um, so I'm wondering, you have all these communities and you find all this help for yourself. I know you you um, build resources for pe- uh, people with sleep apnea out there also. How people could find you or find you your community if so, they want to get support? Yeah, so mostly I'm on Instagram at CPAP Babes. So CPAP, C-P-A-P, Babes. So trying to make CPAP Babely. It's for all people of all gender identities, but I just thought it was fun. CPAP Babes. Um, and I'm also CPAP Babes on YouTube and Facebook and probably a couple other things. But Instagram is usually the best place to get a hold of me. Um, I also sometimes do volunteer work with um, a nonprofit called Project Sleep. So I would check them out. They have a lot of great resources, a lot for people with narcolepsy, but uh, we talk about other sleep disorders too. I'm actually going to the World Sleep Meeting in... Um, in September in Vancouver, BC. Oh, great. I, I will be there too. Oh, yes. yeah, so stop by Project Sleep's booth and I can, I can meet you. I'll be there. Okay. Project Sleep booth. So that's awesome. So yeah, I love working with them and Julie is there, um, the person who runs it and she is great. So we'll both be there. So that's exciting. Yay. Yeah. So, okay. But yeah, great. that's where you can find, that's where you can find me in person if anyone else is going to be there. <laughs> Yes, yes. Hopefully, whoever listened to the show, if you want to know more about sleep and uh, get to meet you and get more support, can check out all these wonderful uh, conferences and resources. Wow. They're a lot online also. It's my first one. I'm very excited. So. Yeah, great. Yeah. My, me too. My first one. My oh. first uh, word sleep conference. Oh, that's so cool. Well, that's exciting. But I was wondering, I was going to ask you. So that's cool. 
Yeah, great. Okay, thank you very much, Stacy. Thank you for sharing all this wonderful information, your own journey with us all. I'm sure listeners can get benefit a lot from what you just talk about. Yes, thank you so much for having me, and thanks for all you do. I really, I'm glad to have a doctor on our side for <laughs> sleep disorders. It's very important. So thank you for all you do. Sleep apnea can be a really serious condition. If you are not sure whether you have some of the symptoms, please seek professional advice. You can go to visit your primary care doctor or find a sleep doctor to help you get clear diagnosis and treatment. For more information, please visit our website at deepintosleep.co. We also have a resource page. Tell you how to find a good sleep center near you. Our show will be updated every other week for now, and I'm so excited to share many other inspiring conversations I have with other guests. Please feel free to subscribe our newsletter to get notifications for the upcoming show. I will see you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently. And there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk, and our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who is struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co. Forward slash insomnia.